I'm going to be talking about a thing that I believe is affecting every believer. Um, I actually wasn't going to preach this message until Thursday when God made me change the, to this. I got a call, and I have her permission to say this. I won't mention the name. I got a call on Wednesday from this lady, and she was just, it took us a while for me to even understand what she was saying because she was so broken. She was just crying so hard. Come to find out that another sister taped somebody talking about her and sent it to her. And this is someone who she considers a very, very, very close friend. And when they were good friends, she told her some things that were really, really deep um, in, in confidence. And because they had a fallout, this particular sister called another person has been just so that one told her you know what I, this is not right so that one was like oh i told the lady everything this other sister had told her in confidence and that one said you know i decided to tape it so that i can let you know because she's going to come back and tell you you know she wants to be your friend but this is who she really is this is what you told her that she's telling everybody and she was so broken and I just said, you know, that is happening a lot in the body of Christ. Loving people. How do you love somebody that has done that kind of a thing to you? Because all the time I ministered to her, that was what I was trying to get her. I said, yes, yeah, she's hurt you. She's done that, but you are still commanded to love. And so today, for someone here, or people here that have been hurt, especially in church, whatever it is somebody did to hurt you, let's talk about this today. How do you love people that have hurt you? Now, it's two ways. Sometimes, after this message, you might find out you have hurt somebody, and you might need to go and make amends, because it's two ways. But if somebody has hurt you, I need to, let's go back to the Bible and see what the Lord talks about how we should love one another, even those who have hurt you. In Matthew chapter 22 from verses 36 to 40, one of them, an expert in the law of Moses, tested Jesus by saying, teacher, which commandment is the greatest? Which commandment is the greatest? Out of everything God tells us to do, out of all the Christian doctrines, the beliefs, the foundations, everything, out of all of that, they ask Jesus, which one is the greatest? Well, let's, let's compress it to just one thing. And this is what Jesus said in verse 37. Jesus answered him and said, I want everybody to say the very first word. Jesus answered him and said, love. stop there. Love. Love. Love is the greatest of all the commandments, not your faith, not signs and wonders, not miracles, not praying in tongues, not coming to church every Sunday, not giving offering, not Killing yourself or somebody. The greatest commandment is just that one, that word, love. 
Everything boils down to that. Everything. If you read 1 Corinthians 13, please everybody read that when you get home today. You will see the way God says that there are some people that will even give them their bodies to be burnt. Some people will make a lot of noise, but he says all of that is nothing if we don't love one another. He says, love the Lord first with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He says, this is the greatest and most commandment. He said, the second is just the same thing. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says, all of Moses' teachings and the prophets, everything depends on this. Everything. But one thing I saw there that was kind of interesting was that he says, love God and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. So actually, if you want to put it in order, God is saying, love God, love yourself, and then love your neighbor. So the problem I'm finding or the, what I've seen, I might be wrong, but the problem I think it is, is you cannot love people when you don't love yourself. And that is a big issue. That's something that we have to, every one of us, what makes you, what make you do the things you do? What, you know, like somebody comes to you and, and pours their heart to you in confidence what will make somebody else now go and tell another person all the things that were told to you in confidence? Just doesn't make sense. So we have to, all of us as believers, all of us, we have to, this is a self-examination. Loving people, unconditionally loving people. But first of all, finding out about ourselves, loving ourselves first. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, and then 10 to 11. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will all these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Verse 10 is very important. Jesus answered and said, many. Remember, it was the disciples. This was believers. He says, many will be offended. Many will betray one another. And many will hate each other. And you're thinking, will believers really hate each other? Yeah, people are doing it. It's not Jesus won't say it. But I want us here today to start thinking, please, Lord, let the scripture not be fulfilled in my life. Let me love people unconditionally. Let me give excuses. Love covers a multitude of sins. I'm going to come to that. Love, everything hinges on the on love we have for each other. Jesus says here, offense will come. People will do bad things to us. We will do bad things to people. But no matter what it is, at the end of the day, let's come together and realize that we are all in this together. I want to see you in heaven. I know you want to see me in heaven. No matter what it is, we can love each other. I'm, I, I think I'm preaching to the crowd. I, I'm not trying to, to preach at you, but it so broke my heart to see, you know. And I know it's going to take a lot of work for this sister to get back to where she was before. Loving people is the only proof that we, know, we have of knowing God. 
1 John chapter 4, 7 to 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So if you love people, if you love God and you love people, that's the only proof that we are born again, that we are saved. It says, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God is love. God is, does not love. God himself, the very essence of God is love. And that is why he loved us so much. He gave everything for us. And he expects us to do the same thing. Whether people hurt you or not, God still expects you to love them. Now, you might not be best friends with them. You might not go back to their house to, to be friends and all of that. But you still have to love them. And you still somehow have to find a place in your heart to forgive them. No matter what they've done. No matter what they've done for your own sake. Because if you know in the Bible of the man who was not, he didn't forgive the servant for the money owed to him. But his own master forgave him. The torment that came from it. And that's what I was telling this sister. You cannot afford not to forgive because the torment will be too much. The torment will be too much. And so it's the same thing if you're holding anything against anybody today. Let it go so that you will not be tormented. It's too much torment to hold unforgiveness against somebody. Hatred. Yeah, they did something awful to you. But you have to let it go. You have to get to that place where you let it go. First John chapter 4 verse 20. If someone says, I love God but hates his, a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love those people that we see, how can we love God who we don't see? And he has given us this command that those who love God must also love their fellow believers. You have to. It's a commandment. Love is our witness to the world. The way we love each other is what's going to get people to want to be Christians. It's not, we witness and tell them about Jesus, we pray for them, but the thing that we really witness to them more is if they come and they see brothers and sisters. In this, in this Roman uh, Empire, after Jesus was uh, resurrected, the first disciples and the first believers, despite the stuff they went through, the persecution, it was said that the thing that was the most common thread was they would, people would say how much they loved each other. It was so obvious. They were willing to sacrifice for each other. Bear each other's burdens. Help each other in their problems. And it was said that their love for each other was what won so many of the Roman people to the point that the Roman Empire at one point became a Christian, a, a Christian nation. Because of love. The Bible says love never fails. Love never fails. So love is our witness to the world, the witness we have. And then faith works through our love. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6. It says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. The only thing that avails to something is your faith working through love. 
How many believers do we have that are not, their prayers are not being answered, or they are just, their faith is not seem to be working, it's the same issue over and over? Have we talked about maybe there's somebody we're holding unforgiveness against? Or somebody we just have made up our mind, this person, because of what he did or she did to me, I can never forgive that person. I'm begging you today, please find it in your heart to forgive. Because if not, your faith will not work. This is not a shouting message, but I know the, the, the heartbreak I felt all day Thursday just trying to figure out, God, how is this going to affect this sister? How is she ever going to trust someone again when this kind of thing is just blown out and is told to everybody just to destroy her? And then love is a commandment, not a choice. First John chapter 13, verse 34. It says a new commandment, it's a commandment of the Lord, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. It is not a choice, it's a commitment. It's a command. It's not a suggestion. It says love one another. We are commanded to love everyone. 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 Luke chapter 6 verse 32. He said, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? So that person that said something, that did something, yeah, God still expects you to love that person. God still expects you to forgive that person. Like I said, you don't have to be best friends with that person anymore. You don't have to be as close as you are, but for your own good, you need to let go. You really need, we really need to. And it's, a, it's, not a, it's not an emotion, it's a decision. I mean, after being the position, I'm, I, by God's grace, I've been over these years, being a pastor, and also being in the, in, the, in the secular world, I'm telling you, people will do things. That's just, Bible says offense will come. We cannot run from it. People will do things to you that you will just like open your mouth and wonder, are you serious, this person? But what do you do? How do you move ahead? Because if not, when you see that person or when you hear about that person, you know how it does, what it does on the inside of you. You don't, don't want to do, you don't want to do that. And so we're going to look at how Jesus had a different way of looking at people. And maybe we can now begin to understand why people do the things they do and it will help us to love people the way God wants us to. If you all know the story of Jesus in Luke, when they brought the woman that committed adultery to him. In fact, this week as I was reading that story, I realized that this thing happened in church. It was in church. Jesus was in the temple, I believe, I think it's in Luke chapter 8. He was in the temple when they brought that woman that was caught in the very act of uh, adultery. He was in church. (laughs) It was in church that they brought the woman and brought her to the front, in front of Jesus, in front of everybody, and said, Jesus, the law of Moses says we should, we should kill this woman because she, she committed adultery and she was caught in the very act. We are supposed to kill her in church. It was in the temple that happened. But what did Jesus do? 
Jesus bent down and just started writing on the ground. It's like he didn't even hear what they were saying. But can you imagine that particular woman that day? First of all, she didn't do the adultery by herself. It was two of them. But she's the one that was brought in front of everybody. Her whole story was told to the whole world. The whole church knew her story. And that happens. It may not happen like that. It still happens. But what did Jesus do? Jesus said, the one that does not have sin, let that person be the first one to throw a stone. He started with the oldest. One by one, they all put their stone down and walked away. Now, and Jesus looked at the woman and said, does anybody here condemn you? She says, no, sir, nobody. And he says, I don't condemn you also. Go and sin no more. Now, was Jesus saying that she did well for sinning? No, because he told her, don't sin anymore. But I believe that the, the reason Jesus has so much compassion on her, Jesus went and understood with another set of eyes why she was the way she was or why she did what she did. And so for us also, if we begin to see with those eyes, when somebody does something wrong to me, what I normally think is, you know what? What they don't have, they cannot give to you. What they don't have, they cannot give to you. Anybody who didn't, who didn't receive love cannot give love. If when they were growing up, all they knew. Have you ever seen an abuser who wasn't abused? Have you ever seen somebody who yells at their children who wasn't yelled at as a child? Most people you see that are alcoholics is because their parents was, were alcoholic. So when you see people behave certain ways to you, have another set of eyes to see them. And say, okay, I'm going to give the excuse that maybe this person is doing what he or she is doing because that's all they know. That's all they know. That's what they received also. Because hurt people hurt people. Broken people want to break people. Sad people want to make people sad. Unhappy people want to make others unhappy and miserable like themselves. If you see with those lenses... You are able to forgive people and give them grace. You are really able to. So the, pra- the, the prayer is that we need to have God to give us a separate set of eyes. You know, because of the work I do, I come a- across a lot of people, psychiatric patients or mental health patients, who have really been through a lot. And I can tell you 99% of the time, some of the issues we see is you can all, it's almost like clockwork. You can go back and find out it's tied to what is going on in the family and what was going on with daddy when he was a child. And that's what the scripture says. It says he visits, when he says he visits the sins, to the third and fourth generation, iniquity, not sin. He says we visit the iniquity on the fourth to the fifth generation. That was in, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 9. He says, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations to those who hate me. He says there, iniquity. There's a big difference between iniquity and sin. Sin is the act. 
But iniquity is the bent, the, the tendency to be that way, the habit, the patterns, the cycles. So God is saying that there are patterns and cycles and tendencies that tend to run in families. So if you see a lady who gossips a lot, most likely she grew up in, in a home where it was done a lot. If you see somebody who is just hateful, never sees anything good in somebody, criticizes everything, the tendency is that was exactly the kind of upbringing they have. And so when I see patients and they are just so hateful and breaking things and all of that, by the time you finish your history and your physical, you find out that that is all they know. That is all they know. They've never, in all their years, 40 years or 30, however old they are, they've never lived in an environment where they were loved and cuddled and were told they were good and they were amount to something. And so spiritually, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. And that's why coming up in the next few weeks, we are going to be focusing on a lot of things, walking in freedom. We are going to talk of a, a lot of things, the, 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 who you are in Christ, generational patterns and cycles, how to break free from all these things, low self-esteem, pride, anger. We are going to deal with it. We are going to be putting ads out there in the, in, in the community to have people come here. God has blessed us here with people that not only in the medical, psychological field, but spiritually as well, so that we can help people. But if for us to help people to be free from all these things, we here that are sitting down here that God is going to bring the people to, you have to make sure you've gone past this thing too. Make sure that in your heart you understand that God is going to use you, but God is going to use you only if you have passed the test and know how to love people even when they've hurt you. Because God will use you and your experiences. You will say, oh, this person did that to me, this person did or whatever, but I'm here today so I can help you also to overcome this hurt and this pain. People are in pain. People are hurting. People are confused. They don't know what to do. You grew up in a home, father was an alcoholic, you never received love, you never was told what to do. Everything you come home from school, they, they scream at you, yell at you, beat on you, and now here you are, you got saved. You're trying the best you can, but these things just keep coming up, and you find yourself doing things that you hate. Paul said, he said, the things that I want to do, I can't do it, but the things I don't want to do, that's what I find myself doing. What is going to help me? Who is going to help me? But he said, Jesus can. And so for us that are believers, if you're struggling with some of these things, God can help us too. We can love people. We can love ourselves. We can have God take away those feelings. Somebody told me the other day, in this congregation, I wake up every morning, I don't like what I see of myself. I don't like myself. I just, how, how are you able to do this and do that? I just cannot love myself. All I have is thoughts that are not good. And I told the person, I said, it's the word of God. And it's the, we're going to do deliverance. If we need to get that thing out, we do it. But you have to, who are you in Christ when those thoughts come, when you feel envious about people, when you are angry at people? Go back to the scriptures and find out what does the scripture say I am. What is the scripture saying about that particular issue I have? Take the time to study it. 
so that we all can move ahead and be free for us to free other people. Because God wants us to be to use all of us to free people. And when we start doing this thing and putting it out, I know people will come. When we start the freedom in Christ, because we have to help people. People are, I'm telling you, the level of depression among young people, not, I'm not even talking about adults. The level of depression, anxiety, panic attack among young people. The, I can tell you, we don't know what to do in the medical field. They don't know what else to do. You put them on the highest level of medication, the highest dose. They still want to kill themselves. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a physical thing. It's not a mental thing. It's a physical, it's a spiritual thing. And we have, we have, we have the answers right here. We have the answers. But we have to make sure we get some of those things out of our lives too. We cannot live in unforgiveness. So if somebody offended you, somebody did something to you, please forgive. Forgive. Luke chapter four, uh, 6 verse 27. It will tell you exactly what to do, how to go, the, the process to do that. It says, but I said to you who hear me and pay attention to my words. Love that is unselfishly seeking the best or higher good for your enemies. Make it a practice to do good to those who hate you. Do good to somebody who just talked about me. Who just told the whole world all the deep secrets I told her? That's what I told the sister. She said, Me, love, do good. I said, Yeah, you just commanded to, it's a command to do good to that person. He says, Bless, verse 28, bless and show kindness to those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever strikes you on the cheek, offer him the other one also. Simply ignore insignificant insults or losses and do not bother to retaliate. Maintain your dignity. Please write this scripture down. If you get home, mark it in your Bible. Let this scripture be a scripture, this is in the Amplified, that whenever that thing comes up in your system, or when you see that person, or when somebody does something to you, it says, you have to make it a practice. It's a practice. It's a practice. You get better as you practice anything. It's not a one-time thing. It's a process. You practice to do good to those who hate you. You practice to bless and show kindness to those who curse you. You practice to pray for those who mistreat you. That ex-husband, pray for him. That ex-wife, pray for her. That co-worker that did all the stuff to do to make sure you didn't get that promotion, pray for him or her. Do it. If there's an opportunity to, to get a card to write to them, write a card. Do as if you did not even know what they did to you. That is the way to break even the coldest, hardest heart. We, have, we, we are the ones Jesus is relying on. That is our witness to the world. Amen? Am I preaching? Are you guys? Am I preaching? <laughs> I hope I'm not like preaching, preaching. I really, this is very, very important to me because I want us to be known as people of love. I don't have, I mean, there's not, nobody in this church that, no. But when this thing happened, when, when this thing happened on Wednesday, it really, really bothered me. It really, I don't know, it bothered me so much. It says, do good, bless, 
Show kindness. Pray for them. Ignore the insults. Don't retaliate. Stay dignified. That, that, that was the one that just, mm, stay dignified. You just keep doing what you're doing. Don't even pay attention to it. Pray for them when you're in your room. You can cry. But when they see you, you stay dignified. That will minister to them because they know what they've done. Everybody, if they dog you out, they hurt you, they know. They know. But if you retaliate, you not give them a cause to feel justified. This Bible said when your enemy does you good, pray for them and do them good. It's like heaping coals. It's not like to kill them. <laughs> that cause the Bible talks about is to, to, to soften their hearts, their conscience. Because when you do good for somebody who knows they've done you wrong, it's like hot coals in their heart. That's what really it is. It says in Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, it says, Since God has chosen you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves. It's like a cloth you put on. And it's like a cloth you can put off. It says, clothe yourselves with what? Tender-heartedness, mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Verse 13 says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Then it says, above all of that, above all of that, put yourself, clothe yourselves with love, which binds all of us together in perfect harmony. It says, clothe yourself. Put on. You know how when we wake up in the morning, we put on the armor? In Ephesians chapter 6, it's the same thing. When you wake up in the morning as you're getting ready in front of the mirror, tell yourself, I'm going to put on like a cloth. I'm going to put on tender-hearted mercy. I'm going to put on kindness. I'm going to put on humility. I'm going to put on gentleness. I'm going to put on patience. That's what God is expecting us. And finally, the last scripture that I want to read, this scripture is a scripture that I personally has really ministered to me. For somebody, this is what I told the sister, I said, for somebody or whoever is here today, you're heavy, or you have somebody who really did something to you, whoever it is. In Psalm 84, verses 5 to 6, it says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage, as they pass through the valley of Baca. The valley of Baca, it speaks of tears. It speaks of weeping. It speaks of hurt. It speaks of pain. It says, blessed is the man whose strength is in God. Even when you're passing through a season of pain, a season of hurt, Somebody did something so horrendous to you. Ex-husband, ex-wife, friend, co-worker, family member. He says it's, it's like a pilgrimage. You're going to pass through it. You pass through it. Don't, don't, don't pitch a tent and stay there. Pass through it. And they said, it says they make it a spring. You can let that situation, that thing that happened, you can let it make you bitter and stuck in the valley, or you can make a spring out of it. You can let out of that pain that you went through, let something flow out of it, 
that is like a spring. A spring. The waters from the spring are the freshest, the best tasting waters. Refreshing waters. He says, let what, the pain you've been through, let the hurt, let the disappointment, let the betrayal that you've been through, out of it, let it spring out something that is beautiful. Let it spring out something that will bless other people. He said, let it spring out. Let make it. You, will do, you have to say, they will make it, not God. They will make it a spring. And he says, the rain also covers it with pools. The rain here is talking of the latter rain, the Holy Spirit. It's the same word, that rain. When it talks about the latter rain of the Spirit. So that means in your pain, in whatever you went through, God can use it. Not only to bring something out of you that is beautiful, that is refreshing, and will bless other people, but the Holy Spirit's anointing in you will be double, but only if you pass through it. And don't stay there, and don't let yourself become hard. Cut everybody off. You are not isolating yourself. I did that. And it doesn't, it doesn't help. Because the walls you build around yourself become the prison you now live in. You have to allow yourself to love. You have to allow yourself. It's, it's, it, you're, we're all going to be vulnerable. But you don't want to just isolate yourself. You don't go to church anymore. All your friends, everybody, you just use the same thing. To, everybody's not the same. No, everybody's not the same. There are people you can still trust. There are people you can still love. They will love you back. There are people that will be there for you. Don't allow one experience. One experience, no matter how bad it is, shut God out and shut people out of your life. Don't allow it. That's what the enemy wants. We all need each other. Nobody here can do it. No one here can do it alone. So whatever has happened to you if you're here this morning, and I know this sister is listening to me because I told her to make sure she listens today, you have to break the wall you've put around yourself. You have to. So I'm going to have you stand up. And if you're here today, you have someone in your life. Please, let's do this together. If you have somebody, stand up with me this morning. If you have somebody in your life, or you just have something in your life that has someone hurt you so bad and is affecting you, don't look at who is next to you. Don't look at who is in church. Don't look at that. I want you to come out. Let's just pray together. Let's just pray together, please. Because these are the things that we need to be able to bring before the Lord and give to Him. We need to be able to do it. I know there are people here, all of you are looking at me, I know. <laughs> I know there are. People did something to you and it is all these years, it's just something that is festering and festering. We have to let it go. We have to let it go. Teresa, put on some music for me. We have to let it go. I know there are more people here. I know there are more people here. I know that. Because I know what I saw in my spirit. I know what I saw in my spirit. I know what I saw in my spirit. And it's not good. Because the enemy is going to make use it to put you in bondage. Where because of this one person you cannot be free. And do what God has called you to do because of one person. Some people have left church because of that. They've become bitter. The Bible says bitterness, every root of evil comes from that. Nothing good comes from unforgiveness. I'm just going to pray for you guys. Please, all of you that are standing, can you stretch your hands towards this? Father God, I thank you.
for the balm of Gilead that is coming into their life right now. Father, whatever it is that hurt them, whatever it is that brought this, Lord, I thank you because today is over. Today is broken. It's broken over them, Lord. And as you fill them with your love, oh God, and as you fill them with your tenderness, oh God, Father, they will find it in your hearts to forgive every wrong that was done to them. And Father, take them to a new level in you because of their obedience to come forward and lay this at your feet. Thank you for doing this in Jesus' name. Father God, I thank you for my sister, Lord God. I thank you because I know you have called her, oh God. You have a plan and you have a purpose. And the enemy has tried to use this to block her path. And so, Lord God, I release her as she gives it up to you, Lord. I pray that your mercy, your goodness will flood into her life. And everything the enemy planned for evil will turn to good for her. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. It's over. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. The enemy will not come back with this. He will never come back with this, Lord. From now on, she's free, free, free of this. Free, free. You're free. You're free. You're free. You're free. Oh, God is saying you have to make some phone calls. Very difficult, but you have to. Okay? It's not going to be easy, but you have to. That's the way you're going to get it out of you. Make some phone calls, and you know. What God is telling you, right? Yeah, you have to make some phone calls. Raise your hands up to me, with me this morning. Let's just thank the Lord. Father, we want to thank you this morning. Father, we know this is a message for all of us. I know it's for me too, Lord. I know. I know it's for me. Lord, I release everyone in my heart. I release everyone who in any way, form, fashion may have offended me, Lord. I release the hurt. I release them. I forgive them, Lord, in front of this congregation, Lord. And I know everyone here, too, feels the same way, Lord God. They are lifting up people to you right now. And they are saying, Lord God, I release this person in my heart. I forgive the hurt. I forgive this person. Father God, help us. Help us to walk in the love that you have poured in our hearts. To love people unconditionally. Just as you love us unconditionally. And Father, fill our hearts with compassion for people. Let the spring well up on the inside of us. Let that spring well up on the inside of us. That will refresh others with the love that you pour in us to pour out to them. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen and Amen and Amen.